Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, beat off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everyone, welcome to Car Wash the Podcast, the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better human being. We set the bar real low on that one, guys. Slightly better. We're just going for slightly better. We've got two great guests joining us today from Tommy's. We've got Ryan Essenberg, President and Chief Innovation Officer, and Andrew Van Wylen, Vice President of Engineering and Operations. Guys, welcome to the program. Thanks for having us, Matt. Good to be here. So this is going to be a fun one. We're going to, we're going to tackle some uh, pretty heady stuff here. And uh, we're going to, you know, Tommy's is an organization that's been in the car wash industry for a very long time. Uh, everyone um, obviously recognizes the big red buildings. And so we're going to talk about uh, what Tommy's is up to, what Tommy's is kind of thinking. And we're going to dive in right now. But first, uh, let's start with sort of the beginning. Let's start at the beginning, shall we? Tell me a little bit about kind of where Tommy's comes from. Uh, sure. Yeah. So the company originally started uh, with my grandfather, started in 1969 with a rollover style car wash. And uh, they quickly realized they couldn't process cars fast enough through a rollover. So uh, just a couple of years later, they converted it to a conveyorized tunnel system. And uh, one of the unique things about uh, where we live in West Michigan areas that we have uh, a lot of snow here. So we like anybody in the northern climates knows, you get these peaks of busy days and slow days when you have winter washing conditions. And we have a lot of snow here, so we have to maximize those days. And that led us to needing to create uh, better technology to wash cars faster. So conveyorized tunnel was the first step. And then we got into designing equipment to figure out how to wash cars faster, which today through kind of constant evolution, we do over 220 cars per hour, uh, fully automated today and, and really driven by that climate we, we were born in here. And um, so I guess kind of next step of history was my father, uh, Tom Essenberg, got into kind of consulting and helping people build car washes. Uh, would show people what we had here in Michigan, how we did it, and that eventually evolved into creating the product line of Tommy Car Wash Systems our equipment manufacturing company and um, today has put uh, nearly a thousand uh, car wash equipment packages around the world. Uh, always kind of noticed by the round arches and stainless steel uh, round arches that are meant to be a little more aesthetically appealing. That was his design as a way to shift car washing to become a little more of a retail business and less of an automotive service. So we rolled out the Tommy equipment line around 2001 and that was some um, also accompanied by a wider open wash bay with a clear roof to get more light and, and change really the dark uh, tunnels to becoming a bright, uh, colorful retail experience. Um, so kind of next phase of that evolution was, um, you know, realizing that equipment alone and some of those principles wouldn't make a car wash successful. And in, in fact, doing it the old way, um, local civil engineers and architects had the ability to 
uh, wreck a car wash before they ever open and washed a car through common mistakes. And so we realized that uh, we could achieve this clear roof and a more optimized car wash design by providing a modular building system and accompanying it with civil best practices and architectural plans to make sure the doors and the windows and things are optimized for the best outcome. Um, so that's kind of how uh, we got into equipment and modular buildings. Well, that's quite the path. You know, you, you go from you go from solving your own problem, right? We're, we need volume. We need to we need to get through the snow here, which I totally get. I'm in Minneapolis. I get we get <laughs> too long of a winter for sure. Um, but you go from solving your own problem, right, to uh, tweaking it for yourselves, to then um, consulting with others to help them solve their problems. And then at some point, this thing starts to grow and grow and grow and become a little bit bigger than itself and take a little bit of a life of its own. I love that. Yeah, that was um, key to get facilities right. We look at that kind of today as the basics. So the equipment package, the facility, and how things are laid out and designed, um, there, there is right and wrong in, in those types of things. And the way you even enter the car wash and uh, where the team members are located and things. So duplicating those best practices to get the basic fundamentals uh, to be right. Well, and, and, you know, thinking about what's going on in today's industry with the with the accelerating growth and the, the amount of folks that are trying to spin up washes, it gets really interesting when you start talking about the kinds of delays that, uh, to your point, to those, um, like if, if a civil engineer comes in and it, it is making that mistake that someone made, you know, over on the West Coast, that's going to set you back a long, long ways, which means competition is going to go in before you. They're going to get a head start. And, you know, if you're building your wash, you don't want that. You want to be on the ground and up and operational as fast as you can be to be um, hitting some of those numbers and building those customers as you go. So that's a huge component of it, I think. With all of that, though, right, so you guys have kind of figured the game out in, in terms of where you want to go right now. Um, what makes Tommy's different from any other kind of company out there? Matt, that, that's a great question. And, um, you know, just from my perspective, I, I grew up in Holland, Michigan, and um, I've gotten to know Tommy's better working here over the last few years. And, and so I've gotten to kind of discover it um, experientially. <laughs> you know, I haven't <laughs> been a part of the business for 50 years like Tom Essenberg has. I have a shorter history with the business than Ryan does, but I got to know, you know, quality car wash, Tommy car wash systems and, and the greater uh, Tommy's system as a customer first. Um, and I, first and foremost, I didn't realize how good we had it in West Michigan. Um, I think that's something that just <laughs> makes the region special. Um, but what I've learned about Tommy's is that there's two things that really make us unique. And I think it's our history and then our perspective. And I'll, I'll start with the history first, and then I'll share the perspective that makes us unique. You know, Ryan talked about um, the first car wash that his grandfather opened. Mm -hmm. And then we opened a few more. We got better at processing cars, grew our presence in West Michigan, talked about adding the equipment system, the equipment lineup, the building package, controls came along the way. In the last five years, we've started developing our own tailored custom software specific to our operations and how we train others to operate. But all along that history, we never stopped being operators. Um, and so we knew that while we grew our capabilities, everything that we design, build, support, and deploy, um, we use them in our own car washes, and we try to do our very best every day to strive for innovation, 
that's going to deliver results. Um, we don't we don't want to waste our efforts any more than we want to waste the efforts of our clients and our um, our partners across the country. And so we we truly do feel like we have a partnership with everyone that we work with because we've continued to be operators. If someone says I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z, we often we find ourselves in a unique position to come alongside of them and say, Hey, maybe we are too, or we've got this great solution that we've developed in our own stores, or here's our best practice, or we can help with training that supports them. And so we feel like that's our unique history, and that lends itself to the perspective that I think is unique to us in the industry in that um, we're trying to solve what we often think is a different set of problems um, for many others as they work in the industry. We try to um, create what we think of as optimized packages. Ryan talked about the civil. We talked about our optimized equipment layouts for the building. And not to say that there isn't always room for innovation and some iteration in terms of how we clean a car, um, but when we start targeting a market or we start looking for a new opportunity to open a car wash, we feel as if many of those components we've solved in the, um, you know, the uh, incubation that West Michigan affords us and our, our nationwide network of partners. And we try to solve more interesting problems and we try to help our clients solve more interesting challenges. And we think of that as building your brand, establishing your business and working with members. Um, not to oversimplify it, but we try to think about having most of what is between the entrance and the exit of the tunnel very well refined so that we can work on the other ends of that. How are we greeting members at the window? How are we helping them feel engaged? Are we interacting with them well in the vacuum areas, concierge, helping them feel connected to the brand and ultimately focusing on building the business versus worrying about what the right set of cloth or what the right set of equipment is. Not that those aren't things we think about on a frequent basis, um, but we like to think of those other problems as more interesting and higher value generating than say, every time you build a car wash, looking at a buffet of equipment and choosing what to put in today. So those, those are the two points that we believe differentiate ourselves most in the industry is our operations background that continues today the vested interest in the success of our own stores in partnership with the success of stores across the country. Um, and then, uh, yeah, our, our passion and drive for solving those more interesting problems, more surrounding uh, running a successful business than um, over engineering some of the internal components or over rethinking those aspects. Yeah. I, I think the, I think the huge thing in all of that, Andrew, what, and you said it, you said it, it's staying operator focused, right? We, we talk to operators all the time. And one of the big things that makes an operator successful is keeping that customer experience and their customer perspective top of mind. And I think that that's what, that's what you guys are talking about right here, right? It's like, you're going to stay operators. So you're still thinking from the operator perspective instead of from, you know, giant umbrella organization perspective, you know, big, big, um, big brother, so to speak, you guys aren't that you guys are still in it. You're still evaluating every day and you're still thinking about it from your end users perspective. And you know, that's what makes businesses really, uh, really go. And I, kudos to you guys for, for staying focused on that. It's really easy to lose that, right? <laughs> right. Because you get yeah. wrapped up in your own stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, you know, we, uh, we have a lot of great ideas. Sometimes we have bad ideas. The good news is that our bad ideas are tested um, and either proven or disproven in our stores. And our focus is always, as you said, on the operators of bringing innovations that um, are ready for the prime time. Because 
we know that um, we're if you're uh, you know if you're in Alabama with a car wash open, you need your equipment to work well, work well every single day. Turn out a clean, shiny, dry vehicle because your focus should be on your members. Should be focused on the guests that are visiting your site and building your brand, um, not troubleshooting something that you know whoever sold it to you didn't operate, didn't fully test, and um, that's what we're really passionate about is delivering great solutions that help you keep the focus where it should be. Yeah. I love that. It, it gives you, gives you the headspace to, to focus instead of to, to be always chasing rabbit holes, which I have been there, my friends. Um, okay. So look, <laughs> there's an elephant in this room. Okay. And, uh, we're going to, we're going to talk about it. Um, we're going to, we're going to eat this elephant one bite at a time. Um, for some folks in the car wash industry, there's a there's a swear word. We generally keep this show pretty clean, but there is there is a giant f word uh, that evokes more emotion than the mother of all swear words, franchising. I said it, you guys. I said it. So let's talk about it, <laughs> right? Why did you choose? Why did Tommy choose uh, fr- the franchise model? Sure. Yeah. Um, no pressure, so, Ryan. <laughs> no, no worries. So you know, to add a little bit of continued evolution. So I talked earlier about the, the development of equipment and putting out thousands of thousands of equipment packages and uh, you know, about a hundred or so Tommy buildings, the evolution that, that led us to the franchise was having 50 years of experience in operations and, and not being able to necessarily like fully pass it along to help other people. Like we felt like we could help people better. And, um, when you're when you're in the equipment manufacturing business, you're kind of forced to continue um, moving from project to project. And so, what a franchise is is really nothing more than than a catalyst to stay together forever. It means that you're you're in partnership together uh, for a minimum of twenty years, side by side. And so, it was driven by being able to help people reach a higher level of performance. And when we saw, if you go back in time. You know, the doing it the old way with just piecing together an equipment package, kind of figuring out how to do some marketing and, and making a one-off car wash with a new concept and a new logo and whatever to put that whole package together. The success rate wasn't really that good. And uh, it, it, we always took it personally when somebody didn't do well and we thought we can do more. And, and that's what franchising is all about. It's taking a platform and a launch pad and and being able to contribute that to help other people build a business, not starting from scratch, not starting from day one. And uh, it's truly one of the best, um, you know, methods in any uh, retail business today. There's a reason they're all franchises because it works. And so, you know, we saw this industry essentially as a big problem. You know, there's not just in the U.S., but globally, we have a, a massive amount of outdated, slow, um, just downright bad car washes. And we also have a lot of underserved markets. Now, I know we have a lot of overserved markets. There's also a lot of underserved markets. And so we saw this challenge uh, ahead to figure out how to make the world have available uh, high quality car washes. Like Andrew said, we were blessed with here. Uh, locally, but to do that on a, on a global scale and build really the McDonald's of car washing and, you know, why franchise? Well, it's, it's a far bigger mission than just ourselves. It's something that, you know, you can't just do on your own. You need a lot of people's efforts to achieve a challenge like that. So um, 
I kind of looked at it and, and saw what, what other companies were doing and, you know, watch some of the technology and experience we had. And honestly, it would have been quite kind of selfish to keep that to ourselves and just build our own corporate stores and uh, say, oh, we're going to do this and, and build this as big as we can. We wanted to share it with the world. We wanted to help other people get into business. And so that's what we're doing today. And that's what franchising is all about. Um, and uh, it's going to be a massive project. It's going to take a lot of people, hundreds of people to execute. And we're doing it uh, today. So, um, yeah, that's what uh, a franchise is all about. Well, there's a, there's a key component in what you said that I think goes a little bit unnoticed. And that is that really you guys are in the business of putting people into business right? Like you want to make people yeah. successful. And that's kind of like the underpinnings of everything you guys have always done uh, from day one. It's always been about kind of getting into business, helping lift everything up, making things better and solving big problems. So, you know. It's- exactly. And, you know, franchisees are, are local, you know, owner operators. And so, you know, that's a key part of the success of the business. So I want to, so Let's, let's dive in a little bit more. Okay. So we both know that people have tried this before and it it has not worked. It has not worked, uh, very well, um, in this industry. Do you think, what do you think is different? What's the different timing of, of this point in time compared to, you know, back in 2000 or 2008 or any of that kind of stuff in terms of what's going to make it work this time? Why is it right now? Sure. Great question. Yeah. We spent many years evaluating that back and (laughs) forth and, uh, you know, probably, uh, uh, going way back a 15 to 20 year journey of looking at what fits our industry and who is successful and why and how. And, um, I actually spent many years believing franchising wasn't compatible with our industry, like you said, because there was some failures of the past and, and failed rollout attempts. And, and later I really, came back and realized that the past failures kind of had some reasons. Maybe they were the wrong model. Um, Maybe they didn't quite have the foundation of uh, corporate stores to launch from uh, or limited infrastructure or limited and proprietary technology to add value. So I spent many years just sort of standing back, watching and learning and also studying the franchise business. Um, and, And back to what I you know, said earlier, I kind of came full circle around on that when I realized that, um, you know, the most successful people I saw in the car wash business were owner operators. They were hands-on and they every day focus on that car wash and running it and maintaining it and whatnot uh, across the whole spectrum of operational excellence. And those were the people that made it. And when I came back and said, well, wait a minute, that's exactly what a franchise is. That's exactly what makes a franchisee. It's not a giant corporation that's got management teams and uh, and regional directors and managers going around the country and trying to build this giant corporation. It's small uh, entrepreneurs, owner operator businesses that simply follow a system and process as a platform to build on. So uh, I think we are in perfect alignment with a franchise model and the car wash industry and quite honestly have doubts about, uh, you know, some of the other chains in the, in the industry and how they're structuring that as um, management teams and whatnot. We know this is a, a perfect fit for a hands-on owner operator business. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, 
Look, the, the exciting thing about what's going on right now is that everybody is trying something a little bit different. And so we're going to we're gonna get to see what will work and what will not work here in the next few years. But tell me a little bit about uh, where you all are right now. Um, sure. Yeah. The, the Tommy's Express brand, we launched um, in about around 2016, we officially launched the franchise. And uh, today, we have 66 locations open, uh, spanning from coast to coast, north to south, and uh, backfilling in between as fast as we can. There's uh, somewhere around 150 projects in some phase of development and about 300 locations that have been contracted roughly. And um, so today, the ball's rolling very fast in that in that vision. I think if we go back and look at McDonald's and their history, we're outpacing what they did in the early days. Uh, with the growth rate. And, and we're able to do that because we already had proprietary equipment manufacturing side of our business. And we had the operations experience side of the business. We believe those are two key halves of what make a firm foundation. Because the one thing I didn't want to do is is launch this thing and then have it follow the path of some of the other franchise concepts in the business uh, where it didn't take hold. When we did it, we knew we were going to do it and do it right and built a firm foundation underneath and actually waited many years to make sure those building blocks were in place um, to accomplish this successfully. So, so far, uh, quite honestly, it's exceeded my expectations and, and, a, and a big dream and vision. And uh, today we've got hundreds of people on board, um, real estate development teams. We've got some great car wash operators. We've got a lot of financial investment partners. Um, and together building a, a national chain. So when you think about this industry, right, it's built on the backs of uh, entrepreneurs, right? It's a, it's a very entrepreneurial industry. And that means that people have big ideas. And uh, sometimes we might be a little overconfident. Uh, that said, <laughs> I might, you know, if I'm, if I'm wanting to get into the business and I want to start up a car wash, I might not want a franchise, if I don't want a franchise, tell me like, where's the, what's the value? Like, why would I, why would I actually want this model as opposed to piecemealing it together? Like you talked about before. Okay, sure. Um, yeah, certainly franchises are not for everybody, right? It's, it's a different type of business model. And, um, you know, I think there is a point where somebody can be entrepreneurial and work with a franchise and be able to be together making constant never-ending improvements forward. Um, but it also is uh, important about following a system because that's what makes these things work. And there is things that are proven in certain parts of the country or they go through corporate stores to be tested and then analytics are applied and they're released. And this is a processes and procedures and things like that. And people have to be willing to accept that and be uh, holding the brand consistency as high as possible um, to make sure that everybody's working together to create excellence and consistency, whether they sometimes agree with that or not. It's the nature of franchises that you, you probably don't get to sell pizza at your McDonald's kind of thing. <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll kind of go into some more of the values and the benefits of a franchise, you know, and, and um, the biggest strength in it is you're sort of separating the roles again of the, uh, local operator that's executing the playbook and a franchisor who's helping create the playbook and actually crowdsourcing uh, information. It's not a um, 
our way or the highway type thing. It's actually uh, using all the stores nationwide to bring in data. And then the franchisor takes that data and compiles and looks at what is actually the best practices and then can push it back out to serve everybody. So it's really a launch pad to start with. You're not reinventing the wheel. Um, you know, and I think that's probably the key is that you're not in business alone. You're in business together with a big group of people uh, and, and all rolling the same direction. So, you know, I think some of those like tangible benefits are when a new franchisee opens a location today, they're start, they, they open with a couple hundred thousand club members day one because they're part of a network. And so people can wash their car at that location. They connect the dots and they're already doing that on the brand. And, you know, what other car wash business could you get into in day one? You have a couple hundred thousand club members. Uh, our platform allows that. So, you know, I think another element a franchise provides is, is actually just having an accountability partner. Um, you know, my dad's described it before is that everybody knows they need to clean their windows, but not everybody does it. And so we all want to, we all know that's what has to be done, but you also sometimes need an accountability partner. It's like, if you're going to the gym, why do you hire a trainer? The trainer's not doing the work. The trainer's not benefiting from losing weight or getting healthier. The trainer's job is just to push you harder to a level that you can't achieve or push yourself to. And we call that role a field business consultant. They visit our stores quarterly and go out and, and help assist with pushing the store further faster. Um, some other real tangible benefits of franchises, centralized services. So you've got these roles at a car wash like guest services where people have to call in and work on their plan or a credit card change or uh, something with their membership or that they need help with. We centralize that kind of thing and uh, as well as social media management. So we're actually bring social media in-house and all comments and posts and things like that can all be done centrally and they can be done more efficiently with experts that everybody benefits from. Let's, yeah, let's, let's talk about that a little bit more because that's near and dear to my heart is how in the mm -hmm. heck do we manage, manage our social media presence and our online marketing and all of those sorts of things. Um, and talk to me about if that is a centralized service, right? How do you, as, as the person who's boots on the ground operating that specific location, how does that like voice kind of stay, right? Like how do you keep the messaging um, kind of aligned? How do you keep that on, on brand, but feeling local, if that makes sense? Sure. Well, that's, it's a fine balance. Yep. So we do that through social media where we sort of co-manage uh, where we can help with certain things. We create content, push it out to the stores, but the stores have the ability to, um, do things on their own local level, localized specific as well through, um, online marketing. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you, you know, <laughs> the last thing you want is to be, you know, having dealing with, you know, let's say a, a, a negative review, right. From, right. A, from a, from a thousand miles away where you really don't know what's going on. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And Matt, I, I think that the collaboration actually lends itself to sometimes greater community involvement to Ryan's point about taking best ideas and best practices from other regions and translating it to others. We, we go so far as to help create 
you know, almost a menu of different ways to interact with your community for those collaborative Facebook posts. Here's the right way to engage, a, you know, a local school district for a fundraising activity. Here's how we recommend collaborating with businesses in your area. Here's how to, you know, facilitate this kind of gift cards for local companies as a Christmas gift. And so we feel that that voice is almost strengthened by knowing the best ways to interact, the best ways to jump into the community. And it's always a collaborative process. Yeah, it's super important to be able to have that that uh, kind of experience behind you, so that you're not sitting there on a Thursday morning going, "Man, what are we going to do for social media today?" Right, because <laughs> that doesn't yeah. work, friends. That does not work. Exactly. And using those tactics, you know, we've created some incredible successes. So we've proven, and we've been able to use some of our marketing strategies to get. 2,000 members signed up within the first two weeks of opening a store using some of these tactics. So incredible results that usually wouldn't be achievable on a single site or, or a small chain basis. Even something like investing in a, um, a TV commercial, uh, to create the development of that, we can fund it from the corporate level and everybody gets the benefit from it. Yeah, that's huge because, yeah, a lot of times the, uh, the the limiting factor in being able to jump into some of these areas where you might need to spend on media is the the raw budget dollars required to create the thing, right? You might have a, you might need to be in it to be successful in your space and to do your opening the right way, but you might not have the budget for it because mm-hmm. they're not cheap. You can't, you can't create, you can't create a video for very cheap if you want to run it in broadcast channels. That's for sure. Um, yeah. Right. You can get better, better level, higher level of content, you know, production by, by splitting the load that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so talk, talk a little bit more about, um, there's a few other things that I know are key to you all in terms of what, what value folks get, um, as a, as a franchise, a part of the franchise. Um, we were talking a little bit about social media management. We talked a little bit about just marketing in general. What else, what else helps me if I'm kind of getting into this business and I'm looking for kind of like some centralized resources? Sure. Yeah. One other big one that a franchise delivers is training and uh, training can span from, you know, everything from the operations playbook, your operations manual and the processes to also equipment maintenance and even sometimes, uh, you know, getting into people management type stuff and best practices for hiring and things like that along the way as well. So training's a, a big one that um, means again not starting from scratch you're, you're getting a playbook of 50 years of best practices yeah and that that training comes in just a variety of, of channels Matt um, prior to a store opening there's 20 days a session one and a session two of training within our corporate stores and then something we have uh, here in West Michigan called Tommy University we have extra parts, controllers, um, license plate recognition cameras, a point of sale set up inside of our corporate office so that we can train on all facets facets of the car wash before yours is even open. After opening, we have a dedicated maintenance training that is very hands-on. We actually have some example equipment set up in the warehouse to perform activities like changing out sprockets or maybe changing a conveyor motor. If that's what you need to learn how to do, we set up the experiences so that when it happens to you, you're not in your car wash at three in the morning, unsure of how to handle it. And then beyond just in-person activities, we have an entire digital learning and development platform with courses that lead to specific certifications, which is especially valuable for anyone who's really new into the industry 
even just understanding the roles that you should be training towards. And then what are the appropriate building blocks in building competency to step forward to having an independent single store operating with the right roles in place? What does a two-store, three-store chain look like in your region? And then what are the different roles that you need? Now that you know the roles, how do you train to get there? We provide all of those curriculum career paths with the certifications in order to get there. Beyond just the training, we're um, field consultants as well. Ryan talked about the role of the um, franchise business consultant that challenges you to go further faster, as he said it. Um, outside of that field role, we have a group of wash techs. Um, our wash techs are sort of corporately trained experts on maintenance, wash quality, and even support consultation if there's an issue that you need to work through. We visit nine times during your first 18 months and actually monthly in the first three months of operation so that there is always a checkpoint and always a resource to help train, mentor, and provide consultation on anything regarding your wash. Um, really a, a fun system and um, challenging to get to the scale in order to provide all those services, but um, really rewarding that we're able to do it. Well, and, and so you say scale, scale, scale means lots of things, right? I mean, you've got, you've got the, the scale of being able to offer those kinds of training opportunities and the consulting and the visits and the, the kind of one-to-one -one experience that you can provide. But there's also, I mean, volume means you can buy at a lower rate. Yeah. No, it's, it's great. And, you know, I'll say, I'll say the buzzword that um, many have heard, but the truth is that it's a reality. And that's simply the economy of scale of a, a unified supply chain. Yep. And that we feel is one of the most valuable um, value drivers that we provide to this network is that we have a group that we can negotiate on behalf of for um, spare parts. We can buy in bulk and have strategic inventory locations of critical needed components, items that might take your wash down. We have some strategic storage across the country. Um, we have expedited shipping methods pre-negotiated whenever a component is needed. And that's just on the logistics aspect. Um, there's definitely cost savings, especially when it comes to chemical um, and blending, something that we're really passionate about and have a history in, in blending for quite some time. And just today, uh, reviewing designs for a continuous blending center that we think is just um, going to be instrumental in fueling what we hope to be a seven, several hundred and, and growing car wash chain in the future. Um, beyond just parts and supply chain logistics, scale deals in other value. Um, one of which is credit card fees. We feel that we have um, some of the lowest in the industry. Um, we get to negotiate on the behalf of all of our partners, processors. And actually today we have a competitive process with multiple processors. I think we've had reductions in rates every six months for the last 24 months. We're in a rare position to be able to pit processors against each other and let our partners choose who's the best for them and provide options in that area. Just another place that our scale deals dividends. We feel our, our scale enables us to do some really interesting and um, powerful things uh, when it comes to running the wash. Um, I think earlier I mentioned concept of visualization in a car wash. And we feel as if we've spent the last five years designing, developing, and building a digitalized operating system for the car wash. And there's the components that most will commonly think of as being a technology solution in the car wash, right? I need a point of sale. Um, my members or my guests, they need an app so that they can manage their account. 
And those are pieces that are part of our system. What we've been designing and building for is really a truly digitalized operating system that goes beyond just those two pieces. You know, occasionally someone will say, what's your point of sale like? And we'll almost chuckle internally because we don't think of ourselves as having a point of sale. We don't really think of ourselves as having an app. There's a suite of technology that supports how we run our business. And yes, it includes the app that we have. Yes, it includes the point of sale, but it's, it's larger than that. It includes our license plate recognition technology that was developed in-house and is proprietary. And um, while I won't share details today, we're reading more than the license plate when we look at vehicles. And <laughs> really excited, really excited for how we're going to leverage that information and that technology. Um, it also extends to what we have internally called the manager app. And we think of it as the paperless operations manual for running your car wash. It helps track inventory levels. It can track your detergent consumption, help you manage utility bills, see um, labor expenses and utility expenses as a proportion of you know cost per car. Um, it additionally helps us manage maintenance activities. For all of our stores, we pre-program maintenance activities that are either triggered on a time duration or a car count basis. That manager app talks to the car wash controller and then provides a list of items that need to be done today, whether it's our opening and closing checklist or if it's our preventative maintenance activities that should be completed today. Um, that network of applications from license plate recognition to the mobile app to the point of sale to this operations uh, application, the manager app, completes this suite that helps you run an efficient car wash. And all of that is enveloped and wrapped in a really deep analytics platform mm -hmm. that takes the data from every tool we use to run a car wash, helps us analyze it, helps us understand where we might be seeing more claims characterized by type, helps us look at our license plate read recognition rates and understand how we're doing there. It helps us, we actually have analytics reports as detailed as credit card processing times and we try to shave a tenth of a second off of it. Um, looking at every facet of the business from an analytical perspective, because we have this rich set of software, and then internally, we think critically, how can we enhance that part of the experience? How can we help someone sign up in the application faster? How can we help educate better in the app to process vehicles quicker at the gates and in the loading process? How can we drive more engagement through this digital suite with our members? And the launching point for this conversation of credit card rates in this digital system was the scale at which all of this is possible. These are... Um, we, you know, we accept some risk in the scale of which we're building. We have millions of dollars invested in this platform mm -hmm. and a sizable development budget, spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on a monthly basis, building these tools and building this technology because we have this mission of serving everyone who's a part of this network with the best in class technology that we can. You know, you know, you were talking there and you said something uh, that I thought was just kind of core to Tommy's in general, which was you were talking about the data and trying to shave, you know, just fractions of a second off of credit card processing uh, times. And that for me, like it, it goes back to, you know, this image I have in my head of Tom Essenberg standing in the, in the, in the flight deck, looking at cars and like making adjustments, trying to shave off just a little bit more, just a little bit more just to process cars faster. So I think it's like, I don't know, man, there's something like in, the Tommy's um, kind of DNA that is just about this like efficiency and um, operational excellence that comes through that's, that's always kind of been there. I think it's pretty fascinating. Um, and that's a random tangent for you guys listening uh, wherever you're listening, but I, I want to come back here to, 
a couple other things that I think are really important. And one of them is, look, when whenever you're trying to build a wash, one of the most important things is to pick the right place, right? You want, a, you want an A-plus site, a, a great location, and that's often a very challenging thing to figure out if you're trying to get into this business. Can you talk a little bit about, like, from a franchisee perspective, what benefits there are for me? Sure, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. It's um, site selection, of course, like you said, one of the most important things. And uh, in the old days, it was kind of hope and pray and feel out the site <laughs> and make your best judgment. Today, again, through using this sort of crowdsourcing you get out of franchising, you have tons of data. And so we take that data, we can backfeed it into a system that puts numbers against all that data and basically can help define what makes the most successful sites. And so there's certainly still a, an emotional part of it and a gut feel um, and putting boots on the ground, but there's also this piece that gives you sort of the insurance of knowing that statistically this site's going to do uh, well. And so that's what we go through a process. We have a real estate committee that reviews every location. We approve every franchisee's location um, to make sure it meets our, our minimum requirements for a site. And uh, today that's, that's dramatically improved the um, consistency of success just by that uh, core fundamental that, um, you know, isn't left for emotional uh, judgment. So that's a big one. Well, and then, the, the, you know, the other thing is once you pick the site and you've got that figured out and that's all good to go, you've got to figure out um, how am I going to get this city on board with this operation? How am I going to get the bank to give me money? Where am I going to, where am I going to make sure that my financials are all in order? And that's a, that's another thing that you all are able to provide, right? Right. So some, some little intangibles that come along with a franchise program are, are just those, you know, the, the cities usually like and approve easier a business that they're familiar with. If you come in and say, I'm going to build a McDonald's here, they kind of know what they're going to get. And so oftentimes a, a franchise is, is a positive thing when you're going through a city planning. And, and like you said, also for banks, banks would like to, uh, they like to approve things that have systems and processes. In fact, you get higher multiples on an exit on a franchise program typically because it's got a proven uh, playbook. And, and there's more intangibles like that that just come along for the ride of a franchise program. We include even things like contribution. Everybody wants to give back to society. We build that right into the program. So it's part of the franchise and you don't have to worry or think about it just like McDonald's does or Ronald McDonald House. Uh, we incorporate the same thing at Tommy's Express. And, uh, you know, analytics and, and having uh, eyes on the financials from our end to be able to oversee uh, a store that, you know, making sure their costs are in line, all those types of things that we can do with data happen. We have an analytics team here that's reviewing that contents. Uh, and then also intangibles like just having an exit strategy. Uh, also, you know, people are in line, uh, actually many people in line to get a Tommy's Express franchise. And so when somebody is ready to exit the business, there's people that have already signed up uh, and, and have been awarded franchise rights that are standing by to, to buy somebody out of that business. So, um, no, those are, those are great things. And, and the bottom line of all of it, you know, again, I go back to is 
being a team, you know, it's like a giant association where everybody's rowing the same boat. Um, and we don't see that in, in all parts of our industry today. And actually, you know, funny, we've actually cured of some, you know, conflicts. You look at different cities where there might be many brands and maybe the equipment suppliers working with some and people are across the street and all this kind of confusion and stuff that happens. Well, in a franchise world, everybody's rowing the same boat. So many people are working together. And a good example of that is in uh, where our corporate stores are located. We've brought in three franchisees into our, our hometown uh, to help us build out the stores. And so we have a franchisee with a Tommy's Express location just a couple miles from a corporate-owned store. Well, we love that. That's not a competitor. That's a contributor. We're all rowing the same boat, building the brand together. And uh, that's what's unique about franchising. A lot of people working uh, in the same direction. Mm, fascinating. Because, you know, that's another thing that uh, historically you guys get some heat on, right? Is, oh, there's, they're putting in a Tommy's. They're putting in a Tommy's. And it's not. It's, sure. Yeah, it's actually been able to cure some of those types of competitive environments because, when you're different brands, you know, yeah, you have to be sort of far apart. Uh, one of our philosophies is actually building stores closer to ourselves. Uh, I think that anybody has anywhere in the country or in the world. In fact, we're, we're very close. Uh, we have a plan in place right now to build out our corporate store market as the same density that McDonald's has locations when we're all said and done. So we've got two sites we already own and more coming where we're going to saturate it to the same level as McDonald's. Um, but that works when you've got a lot of people working together. And so that's a huge list of values. And, and we're not, uh, we're, we're all hundred percent going this direction because of the proof of, of success that it's delivered today. We've got that, you know, proven in the numbers, um, which again is the reason that most every retail business today is a franchise and, that big, you know, list of values that is delivered is all for a small royalty that's essentially uh, equivalent to hiring one outstanding team member. Uh, you get a whole team of 100 plus people uh, here supporting your store. So um, that's what we do at Tommy's Express. That's pretty awesome. I mean, you know, it, people are going to listen to this and they're going to say, why, am I, why would I want to pay a fee forever? Why would I want to keep doing that? And I, and I, I would say that you're going to pay that fee, whether it's called a fee or not, even if you're doing your own business, right? I mean, like you just said, you have to hire people. You have to do these things. You have to have somebody who's managing your social media, doing your marketing, doing, doing um, help with site selection, all these different things. These are all services and functions that you need to grow your business, regardless of whether you want to pay that um, on your own or whether that you want that baked into a structure that you don't have to worry about. So, you know, it's different business models. They work for different people, but I think there's, there's a, there's a huge opportunity for folks who um, see the value of this. So, you know, I'm excited for where you guys are going. Uh, let's talk though. If I want to get in the business, um, what, uh, what kind of advice do you guys have from your perspective? It's a great question, Matt. Um, and you know, we have a, I think that we have a unique experience here internally and, um, you know, COVID has done a lot of disrupted a lot of how we work, but I think one of the positive things is that I've gotten the opportunity and a lot of us internally have probably to speak with more prospective operators over the last 12 months 
um, than we did in the 12 months prior. And some of that's because tours became a lot easier because the only way to do them was virtual. So we, we probably have conversations with prospective operators that are considering partnering with us several times a week. Um, if I think about the conversations that, you know, we have with them and the questions that are on their mind and, you know, we give them advice during that process. Um, I think the big question is to think about what team you want to be a part of. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to enter the car wash industry. We believe it to be a really fun industry. Um, we probably wouldn't be involved in it if we didn't enjoy the business. Um, and so the question is, and, and there's lots of options. Um, you know, we, we, we're not ignorant that there, there's other um, opportunities, different ways to enter the industry. But the biggest question to ask, again, is what team do you want to be a part of? And to think about the experience that you're going to go through entering the industry. You're going to step through site selection. Ryan talked a bit about that. You're going to step through selecting an equipment package, identifying a building, going through architectural. Um, you're going to go through the construction process and build a car wash. You're going to, at some point, have to hire team members throughout that process. You're going to have to develop training materials. You're going to do a soft opening, maybe a grand opening, um, develop new marketing materials, um, maybe have slow growth for a short period and try to mix things up or try a different strategy. At year three, you might have some maintenance challenges that you could use an ally or, or a hand on. And so all those are challenges that, um, you know, we, we feel like we have answers to a lot of those things, and we've talked about it through this. Um, but that's the advice is to think about the experience of entering the industry. What is it going to be like? What steps will you go down? What are the experiences that you'll have? And um, while thinking through who you want to be the team that you step through that with and who you want the partner to be, um, talk to other business owners. Talk to business owners that own independently operated car washes. Talk to business owners that are, you know, a, a franchisee of Tommy's Express. Talk to franchisees of other retail businesses. Find someone who um, has a Chick-fil-A or a McDonald's and gauge from their experiences what they get from the partnership, um, what other operators talk about the car wash industry. Um, and then obviously meet with our team. And we'd love to talk through um, as someone thinks about that. And we'd love to show that we're the right team to help someone go through all those steps. So, um, yeah, imagine the experience and pick the right team. And we believe pretty strongly that we're a great team to be a part of. And we're grateful for the team we had today and look forward to it growing in the future. Guys, I want to say uh, real quickly, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and letting us uh, help tell a little bit of your story. Thank you so much, Matt. We appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, Matt. Hey, for you all listening at home or in your car or at the wash, if that's where you're listening, uh, make sure you subscribe uh, to make sure you never miss an episode to hear more great stories like what you just heard with Ryan Essenberg and Andrew Van Wylen from Tommy's. Until next time, when you're out there, there's just one thing that you've got to do, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.